happy Tuesday. Um, I woke up thinking it was Wednesday today, so that's no fun. But welcome to another episode of Hot Mess Mama Express. And today's topic of discussion is co-sleeping. The good, the bad, the pros, the cons. And um, I'd love for you to give me your feedback on this because this is like a very controversial topic of parenting. And um, lots of times you may have a spouse that has the opposite opinion than you on this. But um, there are lots of pros and cons to it. And there's lots of things that people worry about with co-sleeping. But I have an article here um, that goes over, this is an article that a mom wrote that went over the pros and cons of co-sleeping. One pro, um, which is obvious, your little ones feel safe and sound all through the night. So, you know, you have newborns, and they're new to this world. Everything is probably kind of scary to them because they've never seen it before. They've been in your belly for nine months, and, you know, they had their safe little world in there, and now they're out in the real world, and they just, they're going to long to still hear, you know, your heartbeat and hear you breathing that's what comforted them for nine months and you know now they don't have that so one benefit of co-sleeping is that they probably will sleep better and because they'll feel safe um this mother commented that she has a three-year-old and an almost one-year-old so I know there's a lot of parents that co-sleep, you know, well past, you know, the infant stage or, you know, what we consider the baby stage before the toddler stage. And I know a lot of parents are worried about, well, if you have two kids sleeping in and one's younger and one's older, you know, obviously we've all seen our kids, how they sleep and they do flips and they start at the top of the bed and then they wake up at the bottom of their bed. So safety is a big issue with co-sleeping, not only with the parent and the baby, but if you have more than one kid in your bed, obviously you want to prevent your older child from, and ending up laying on your younger child um but a lot the one big solution people do is you know you separate them you put one kid on one side and one on the other that way um the older child doesn't end up kicking or laying on the younger child but to come back at that pro The con would be, you know, you are always there. They're always with you. You never get a break. Um, And this is a con that 
to me it's not really a con because I'm sure you all feel this way, but your kids drive you crazy all day and then they finally settle down and take a nap and they're quiet. And that first five, ten minutes, you're like, oh, this feels so nice. It's quiet. There's no one yelling for me or yelling at me to do this or do that or I'm hungry or crying. And as soon as that five to ten minutes is over, you're like, well, what do I do now? I have nothing to do. <laughs> you miss them. So, um, but this can be a con, you know, if you feel overwhelmed or if you're a single parent, you know, you never really get a break anyway. So you're with them during the day. And then if you're co-sleeping, you're with them all night long. So, um, that can be a big con. And then, but if you're married, it can be a con because one of the biggest things I think of as a con is you don't get your time with your spouse. So, you know, especially if you have a little one that you're co-sleeping with, um, lots of times if you have a light sleeper, they wake up. So you're in and out of your room if you're trying to have time with your spouse in your living room you're back in your bedroom within an hour or two and then you lose you know that 30 or 40 minutes it takes you to get your baby back to sleep so you know that can be a big con now the article from this mom this is a little extreme to me um but so she co-sleeps with her three-year-old almost one-year-old And she's still um, breastfeeding the one-year-old. And he's still waking up in the night. And because she co-sleeps and her husband, you know, he doesn't like to get woken up through the night. He actually has his own room. So that is where I think if you go to those dramatics with co-sleeping, I just don't think it's... The best idea because that's where you can, you know, create separation with you and your spouse and lose that intimacy or just your relationship in general because, you know, you're not sleeping together. And But, I mean, everybody's different. So, on to the next pro. If you are nursing, co-sleeping is definitely a blessing. And I can agree with that pro because especially when you bring home your newborn, they're up anywhere from an hour to every two or three hours to eat. Unless you have like a child that (laughs) is full and will sleep for how long. Um, So you're up and down, out of bed, in and out of bed. So you really don't get any sleep. So that's where the whole sleep deprivation of new parenting um, comes into effect. And um, if you have other little kids, it's not fun when you, you know, only get like a solid two-hour sleep stretch at night. And so... If you're nursing, co-sleeping is the best because, you know, you feel them wake up, you can roll over, feed them, and you just go back to sleep. Um, But 
the con of that, and it is a big con, I think, in my opinion, to me, um, is when you do do that, you fall asleep, and a lot of times, the, your baby still sucks and uses you almost as a pacifier, so then you are kind of creating a habit of your child needing you as a pacifier, and, um, that just, you know, it's a hard habit to break, especially if you have a child that doesn't take an actual pacifier. So when you want to try and wean from nursing, um, they, you're not only taking their comforting way of drinking milk, but you're also taking their pacifier, their comfort of what they need to go to sleep or, um, if they don't feel good, they need a pacifier. And so you're just becoming basically a human pacifier. And, you know, a lot of moms that can, um, you know, make them feel used and lead into, um, you know, depression and so on and so forth. But, um, I just think of it as a con when, you know, you're trying to wean, you're breaking not only one habit, but two habits. So, um, while it's good, I think once they get a little older, you gotta try and stay awake enough to be able to not let them use you as a pacifier to get back to sleep. Okay. Um, now, one of the cons... There's a bunch of pros, but I'm only going to go over that many because that's, you know, those are the main pros to co-sleeping. But one of the main issues with co-sleeping that a lot of doctors bring up and the people that are usually not in support with co-sleeping is safety and the issue of SIDS, which you hear about several times throughout your pregnancy and in the hospital you watch videos on it and you fill out papers and um so on and so forth about SIDS and if I'm sure you all know what SIDS is it's sudden infant death syndrome and um there's been times in the news and articles you read about parents that roll over on their child and suffocate them Um, because the child is too little to get out of the way or, you know, you're in a deep sleep so you don't feel the child moving and struggling to get air. Um, so that can be one of the, well, it is really the biggest concern with co-sleeping. Um, but this mother that wrote this article that I've been reading from found a did a lot of research and I actually researched it a little bit here that there is a thing called nighttime harmony between a mother and a baby that actually prevents SIDS now you might think you know this is just one of those research things that comes up you know how much really support does it have and sources does it have but if you go in to read it I mean 
you learn about how you and your baby form a bond and all of this stuff that happens between you and your baby and your body and all these things you're aware of as you go through pregnancy and they're born. So it's really not that out there to believe in this thing called nighttime harmony because basically um, you and your baby end up going through the similar stages of sleep which allows you when they are in their light sleep and moving around you're in your light sleep so you sense that um you sense that they're moving around and um you're able to wake up if they stir and they need to nurse and go back to sleep or if they need milk or if they need their diaper changed okay hold on and so um it's really cool when you research all these things and you see all the things that your body can do um another part of this nighttime harmony is that um since you guys are sharing such a close bond and you're nursing and you're sleeping together you a mother really just has a feeling that if their baby is in danger or in trouble that you just wake up. Uh, I've had a couple times um, with my daughter when she got older and, you know, she transferred into sleeping all night and me not sneaking her into the bed in the morning to cuddle. Um, There's a couple nights that, you know, she had a really busy day the day before. You know, we did a lot of events and stuff on the weekend. That I would wake up at like four or five because, you know, she would get up pretty early to want her milk and then she'd go back to sleep until later in the morning. And I'd wake up and I'd be like, oh, my gosh, wait a second. Something's not right because she's not awake. She didn't wake up yet. So I'd go over and check on her. Um, so, you know, you just wake up when you feel like something's not right. Um, so it's just really cool how, you know your body adapts and how much your life changes and just everything that comes with motherhood. Um, Another thing I found when I was researching about co-sleeping and the pros and cons is they actually um, have a lot of like things that they classify as co-sleeping. So you have the co-sleeping of them actually being in your bed. Then you have the co-sleeping of if you get one of the like co-sleeping products like the Daca Tot or they have they're called like co-sleeping little bed pillows that you put in your bed. And then there's the co-sleeping where you have a bassinet or a crib fastened to the side of your bed. And then there's co-sleeping where they're in their own crib, but they're in your room. And so I just didn't know that they, I, to me, co-sleeping is the child is in your bed. So whether that's they're just sleeping in your bed with you or you have one of those co-sleeping devices, to me, that is what co-sleeping is. If they're in their crib or a bassinet next to your bed, to me, that's not 
really co-sleeping. But I didn't know that they classified those types of things as co-sleeping. Because in that case, you know, um, I live in a small house. And so our upstairs is all one bedroom. So technically then we all still co-sleep. Because my daughter and my son, even though they're in their own beds, they're in the same room as us, technically. So I just thought that was fascinating. Um, so that's the little bit I wanted to discuss on co-sleeping. Um, I had a little question from last week, which was what food can a child not consume under the age of one? And, um, the food that it is, is honey. And the reason they can't consume honey, now, usually the first thing that I thought of before I did the baby led weaning and stuff like that, I thought, you know, they always tell them, tell you not to give them honey because, you know, if they have teeth, it's not good for their teeth and stuff like that, but... It actually is not good for them because of a spore that it contains that has um, bacteria in it and um, it can, you know, it could actually end up being fatal if, um, you know, the honey that your baby consumes has this bacteria and it ultimately causes food poisoning. So, Think about it. If you're a baby and you have food poisoning and you have diarrhea and are throwing up, you know, you're not really consuming any food. You become dehydrated and, you know, that is obviously going to be an issue. <clears throat> but, um, I did not know that was the reason for not consuming honey. So I just thought that was pretty interesting and also a good thing for you to learn if you are a new mom and or you want to try the baby led weaning and such. Um, I'm trying to look for another little question to ask. Um, this would be um, a good question to ask and a good topic to discuss next time but um what is the age that you believe a child can start to consume whole milk or cow's milk goat milk whichever you and your family um do for that stage um you know with my daughter it wasn't necessarily as big and enforced that they be one you know my doctor told me that it was about 10 and a half months she goes you know you can start little by little and end up having her fully transitioned when she's you know a few weeks shy of 12 months so that's a good question to ask give me your feedback and I would do the research and see what the best age is and what the doctors recommend and what parents have done and their results and so on and so forth. Um, 
Now on to my prayer for mom's book. I really just liked the verse that was shared this time because um, it made me think of my own little thoughts about the verse. So um, the verse is Luke 12, 22 through 23. And it says, then Jesus said to his disciples, therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat, what your, or what, or about your body, what you will wear. For life is more than food, and the body is more than clothes. And when I read that, I just thought of it as, you know, God tells us not to worry, you know, where our next meal will come from, or where the money for the bills is going to come from, because, you know, he's, he's our father, and he'll provide, he won't let us um, fail, and, you know, go without food. And if you think of it in a parenting um, way, children do what we're supposed to do with God. They don't, they don't question where their food is going to come from. They don't have that worry in their head of, oh, well, it's going to be lunchtime. I'm not, I don't have any food. What am I going to eat? You know, they don't wake up and wonder, you know, oh, man, I don't have any clothes you know, I didn't have money and all my clothes don't fit. No, they fully rely and have faith and depend on us and we provide for them. So they have the relationship with us that, you know, we're supposed to have with God. And, you know, as an adult, you worry, like you get scarce on your savings and you worry about, oh man, am I going to have money to pay the bills or, you know, do I have the money to get all these snacks this week and you know we fail at times to look and know and have our worries thrown at God because he provides so you know it's just amazing the things like I said last time that you can learn from your kids and all the things that they teach us um I just thank you for listening um I hope to get some more listeners there were a total of seven this time and so I hope to get more listeners and more um, topics of discussion from you guys the way I'm talking about things you want to listen about so I just thank you for listening today and I hope you have a blessed day thank you